Hi, my name is Annalisa Colo. And just to continue this posture of praise this morning, I just want to pray for you today. Heavenly Father, I just declare your word today, Lord God, that your word becomes truth in our spirits, Lord, and that you just speak to us today. We give you all the glory and all the praise. We thank you for who you are and what you're doing in our lives. In Jesus' almighty name, amen. Amen. Today I've been asked to reflect on this year and what potential lessons 2021 has taught me. So what I'm going to do firstly to get you involved at home, I'm going to ask that you put into the chat the same question. I want to throw it over to you and ask you, reflecting on this year, what has 2021 taught you? There have been a lot of lessons and reflections that I've made, but the one thing or word that I keep coming back to is the word perspective. The dictionary defines perspective as a particular attitude towards or way of regarding something, a point of view. But what I think is particularly fascinating about the idea of perspective is that perspective is something you can gain, but it is also something that you can lose. And really those two concepts in and of themselves are on a knife's edge. To gain perspective is to see something in a different light, in a positive sense, but then to lose it is to also see something in a different light, but in a more of a negative sense. And so if 2021 has taught me anything It is that I need to gain more of God's perspective. The only perspective that I need eyes to see things through. His perspective is the only perspective that matters. And grasping a hold of seeing things as God sees them, then we gain everything and lose nothing. And that perspective is and always is that God is constantly thinking of us, he loves us, is for us and works through us despite our frailties, our self-centeredness, our humanistic point of view, our limited understanding or our emotionally weak and fearful conceptions. The proof of this is in three different illustrations I want to explore with you today. And therefore, three different perspectives that each story brings. And that brings me to the title of this message, which is to gain, ascertain, and maintain perspective. So our first story comes from 2 Kings chapter 6, verses 15 to 17. And we pick up the biblical narrative here with the prophet Elisha. Now, this story paints a really vivid and descriptive instance of God and his greater perspective at work. The description speaks of Elisha's servant waking up in the morning concerned, worried and fearful because the army of King Aram has surrounded the city of Dothan. And it says this, When the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh no, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us 
are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed, Open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. You know, what a sight that must have been for the servant to see thousands upon thousands of soldiers with horses and chariots surrounding the city. You know, just picture that for a second. To know you were surrounded with no way out, strong men with weapons called to war, called to destroy, and here you are at the mercy of that. You know, what emotions must have been coming over the city, waking up to this sight? And I think of my own perspective sometimes in my circumstances. I've never faced an army and I don't know how I'd feel about facing an army. And sometimes we see the fact that our Netflix not working is as big as an army surrounding us. I don't think so in light of perspective. But Elisha, a prophet, a man of God, who clearly knew God's sovereignty and recognised his power and might and trusted so explicitly, he turns to the servant and says, firstly, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. What would your response have been? Would it have been to calmly see the situation through the perspective of God and think, don't be afraid? You know, what is our first response to our circumstances? How do we get to that place of assuredness knowing God's got this? How do we gain a sense of God's perspective? I want to look at Elisha's sequence of first responses here. Elisha says, Do not be afraid, for there are more with us than there are with them. Then Elisha prayed. So he gained perspective. Don't be afraid. He recognised God's sovereignty. There are more with us than with them. And then he prayed. You know, how do we gain God's perspective? Well, we do the same thing. We place our own godly authority around it. We begin to declare his sovereignty and authority and then we pray. But honestly, when I hear sermons preached where the outcome is just pray more, I kind of roll my eyes. But again, perspective is everything. And prayer is not something that kicks in down the line of responses. It has to be part of our first response. But what is also profoundly true of this narrative is that None of it has to do with Elisha. You know, even though the story is about Elisha and his actions as a first responder, after reading the passage, you come to realise the story is all about God and his miraculous deliverance of the situation. And that's what it's all about. Oh, hokey pokey. No, that's what it is all about. The idea that nothing we do or nothing we achieve is without God. All victories and all glories belong to him. And as Elisha finally states, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. You know, open our eyes, Lord, that we may see what you see. 
My second example today is to ascertain perspective, which means you know something for certain. You know, Paul wrote about the same concept to the Romans and it sits alongside what we have just seen with Elisha's story. And in Romans 8, 31 to 34, it says this, If God is for us, who or what can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. God is always, always working for us. He is delivering the miraculous behind the scenes. It is all about God's sovereignty and it is him and him alone who is in control. You know, this is the posture that we walk in, knowing God is for us and nothing can stand against us. He is working all things for good in And through our lives. And Jesus is seated on the right hand of the throne of God, in the throne room of heaven, praying and interceding for us. Ascertain your perspective. The third example I want to look at today is the focus of the cross, maintaining perspective. But to do this, I want to juxtapose two verses. The first is from Luke 23, verse 55. And it's just after Jesus died and was taken down from the cross. It says, The women who had come with him from Galilee followed after, and they observed the tomb and how his body was laid. Then they returned and prepared spices and fragrant oils, and they rested on the Sabbath according to the commandment. You know, what would you have thought seeing the death of Jesus on the cross? Knowing that his body lay in a tomb. And despite knowing what Jesus had told them, the women and followers of Jesus still continued to live in the moment of the crucifixion. They were investing in the moment of death and grief without fixing their eyes on the perspective that Jesus had given them. Not only through all the signs and miracles that they'd witnessed firsthand that suggested Jesus was indeed the Son of God, but also when he said in Mark 9.31, the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of men and they will kill him. And after he is killed, he will rise the third day. So even though the perspective is gained, it can be so easily discouraged and forgotten when the reality we face suggests something completely different. Even though they'd heard it, they knew it, the Son of Man himself had told them that he was going to rise. The fact that they saw his body, they they, they invested in that moment and just couldn't see past that perspective. And this is the same as the case of the servant of Elisha. 
You know, despite all that God had done in previous chapters of Scripture, the vision of Aram's impending army was enough to frighten him and just change his perspective. He lost his perspective. But let's turn to 1 Peter 3, verses 18 to 20. And perspective and hindsight is written in the pages of Scripture. It says, what, uh, what the followers saw with their own eyes was not the true perspective of what was really occurring the moment Jesus gave up his body. It says this, For Christ the Messiah himself died for sins once for all the righteous and unrighteous that he might bring us to God. In his human body, he was put to death. But he was, a ma- he was made alive in spirit in which he went and preached to the spirits in prison. You know, many scholars of this scripture have taken this passage in Peter to suggest that either between Jesus' death and resurrection or after it, Jesus undertook a preaching campaign. What a thought that whilst followers of Christ were preparing spices for a body that lay in a tomb and grieving and mourning the loss, Jesus was busy. He wasn't waiting a moment of this miracle or wasting it. He wasn't idly sitting around for the third day. He was utilising the perspective and ministering and preaching to souls in prison. And so it is vitally important that we maintain God's perspective in every decision, every circumstance, every ambition, every action. We hold on to the promises of God. We stop questioning everything and trust Him. We are not naive to think that God doesn't know what is going on and He is not at work in the circumstances. The Bible says He is always at work, especially when we think He isn't. And I think that's what and how I've come to view this year that whilst my perspective of the events of this year have unfolded, the only constant, the only anchor through everything, the one thing that I know and trust in is that God is on the throne. He is working all things for good. And if God's perspective looks like horses and chariots of fire, protecting us and bringing us through all kinds of storms and challenges and triumphs, then I don't need to do anything else but gain, ascertain and maintain my perspective, declaring His sovereignty over my life and praying. I'm going to finish with this today. I read an amazing quote written by Robert Murray Machine, who was a Scottish evangelist between the years 1813 and 1843. And he wrote this, If I could hear Christ praying for me in the next room, I would not fear a million enemies. Yet, remember, distance makes no difference. He is praying for me. You know, part of our perspective is that we think we are alone. We think that God is not with us. God has forgotten me. But for a Scottish evangelist to write this challenge to his congregation in the 1800s 
And if this quote is still applicable today, then we still have lessons to learn. But it is a huge game changer in gaining perspective about any, any circumstance that we face today. The perspective is that Jesus, the Son of God, who died on the cross for our sins and rose again, is the only way. Jesus is our hope, our purpose and our future, despite what the perspective we have is. Jesus is always at work praying and interceding for us. That is the perspective. That is what Elisha understood of God's sovereignty, bigger than anything we face. That's what Paul knew to be true when he wrote to the Romans and encouraged them to ascertain perspective. And that is what Jesus, the risen Saviour, who never stops working on our behalf, that is how we maintain our perspective. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You know, there's nothing complicated about my message today. No great action plan or change of lifestyle to be considered. However, three profound examples to demonstrate or to have God's or godly perspective is to gain, ascertain and maintain a much bigger perspective of the circumstance. You know, you might need to reflect on or pray to ask God to realign your perspective in line with His. But it's certainly something and certainly these three words will be something I'm taking into the Christmas season and into the new year. So let me encourage you today. It's okay to feel disheartened and discouraged. It's okay to lose perspective. We've all done it. I do it daily. I lose sight of the greater picture and the greater perspective when I'm, as I said, battling Netflix or my internet connection. But keep reminding yourself that there is a perspective to be gained because God loves us and God's perspective is so much greater than our own. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you, Lord, that you are sovereign, that you are on the throne today and you're working everything for good to those who love you and are called according to your purpose. Heavenly Father, I ask that you realign our perspective in line with your greater perspective today, Lord God. Give us the eyes to see beyond our own human eyes. Give us eyes to see chariots of fire and and you working behind the scenes today, Lord God. I pray for the rest of this year and as we move into next year, Lord God, help us to maintain this perspective. Help us to, to guard it, Lord God, and protect it and that, we just see things through your, through your worldview, Lord God. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for the words that you've spoken today. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you just minister and speak to the hearts and the minds um, watching this message today. I pray that your word goes abundantly beyond um, this, this room and these, this televised um, sermon today, Lord God. In Jesus' name, I commit these words to you. Amen.